Commander Scorn. We kind of are. What? <laughs> you, yeah. you, you thing, you. I don't know about that. You, yeah, that's right. Barry's on my side. I actually am on this one. You're not Commander Scorn. No, I'm a nice guy. I'm supportive. I help. You're Commander Nice Guy. Yeah. Thank you. Commander Kindness. Uh, yes. That's what Commander K stands for. That's right. The K is for kindness or something. <laughs> it, yeah. It's not a reverse acronym thing for prick cunt. or cunt. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. I'm not the only one. <laughs> Somebody's yeah, but- writing down a timestamp. <laughs> 47 seconds. That's a record. <laughs> and it wasn't even me. It wasn't me. But when Deb says it, she means it in the British way. Yeah, they I mean it in the British way. <laughs> yeah, but you're not British. <laughs> She's not British. She's got some British in her. You're just a... And I have a sister lives there and now sister-in-law and family that are British. So. Oh, so you can say all the British words. I what can. the f- What the fuck is this? Pollocks <laughs> can't say that. What? I said Pollock. You did. I did. You, you... Does that mean I gotta beep that? What the Polar, hell? Cholo, you. <laughs> you're not really... You, you're, you're a mess. Yeah. You're a rescue. Yeah. He's, he's a mutt. He's, he's a mutt. You want to see my 23 in me? No, it's great. Uh, not, I guess a spinny. You're a spinny. What's a spinny? It's a Spaniard? Skinny. Uh, guinea. <laughs> skinny? A spinny? Spinny. A spinny. Yeah, that's right. By blood, I don't have any Italian. A spop. A spock? Yeah, spick and wop. Eh, no, actually, because I, I don't actually have any Italian blood in but me. But you were raised Italian. That kind of makes you Italian. It yeah. does. Half of my blood is like cheese and marinara. Dude, I was born on Long Island. You get an honorary degree in Italian and Jewish yeah, if you're, you're not fine. actually born. Yeah. If not for the last name, you wouldn't know. That's right. You have two Zs in your fucking name. Yes. It's so <laughs> I can stand with pride and say, not me. We should do some mic checks. <laughs> <laughs> he just went right to recording. It's fine. Oh, yeah. shit. He's recording. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I just saw the red light. Okay. Yeah. I, Thank I, I, God I, Barry didn't say the N-word. I wouldn't say the N-word. Todd would need to bleep him again. Uh. <laughs> Aspersions have been <laughs> As the darkest, per- as the brownest person on this cast today, and yeah. usually ever. Well, yeah, ever. Uh, Except when Big Black's here. Uh, how often is that? Uh, never. Yeah, I know. He was on what? What episode are we on? He was here for. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number six hundred and thirty. I am Master Torgo, uh, Commander K, Vlarg, and Deb. And we're here to talk week and geek. That threw and me off because Jeff wasn't here. I'm waiting for Jeff to say something. Eighties Jeff. Uh, we've had to. We've had a, quite a week this week. Oh boy! So we're recording Friday. Yes. It's a little, little different. So I'll get this to you as soon as you can. You're listening to this. Like, why was this late? That's why. That's yes. why it was late. Now. March eighteenth. Irish Boxing Day. Yes. We had to celebrate the prior holidays. Yes. yes. Is that an actual thing, Irish Boxing Day? No. Okay, good. What the fuck? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Why? Do, what do you mean? It's Boxing Day. It's the day after the holiday. I know. St. Patrick's Day is the Irish holiday. Oh, my God. Jake Godbold uh-huh. wants me to let everyone know. Okay, here we go. <laughs> he went into Facebook jail. 
Because he that. took my video. Oh. Uh, well, he took the, the same video. What video? I love this Muppets video. It's Swedish Chef, Animal, and Beaker singing Danny Boy. Okay, that's a fun video. It, I love this video. I share it. Well, Jake also shared it on Shark Monkey's Lair with the, the headline, For All You Irish Monkeys. <laughs> The idle rhythm. And he got, he got put in Facebook jail. I don't understand why. I really don't. He's, he's like gone for a couple days. He's going to be like thrown to the bottom of everybody's feed for like 60 days. He just got pummeled. It's so stupid. And it's in the shock monkey's lair. It's not even like he did it on his own feed. It's magnificent. <laughs> it's called the Shock Monkey's Lair. There's, there's, that just proves there's nobody looking at this stuff. It's all computer zaps. Oh my God! You Irish monkeys, you! <laughs> try, but, try posting that on the lair with, for you monkeys that are Irish. But Dude, it's not the same. When I described it, I said for all you Irish so- shock monkeys, but he didn't say shock because I'm like I'm not getting put in Facebook jail. <laughs> Fuck that. That's that's J- Jake's wheelhouse. I'm not going to fucking intrude. Dude, I run ads and stuff on Facebook for clients. I can't get put in Facebook jail. That would be terrible. Dude, he's on a he's on a list. They that we're all on a list. But, but yeah, yeah that's 630 episodes of reasons why most of us are on a I list. I know, I know, but Jake, poor Jake, there there is some algorithmic sensitivity thing. He, I think everything he says gets filtered through a thousand my more. Friend, my friend Jose is like that. It's like every, every once a week, once every two weeks, he'll post, sorry guys, I was in Facebook jail again. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a flag and they get, they get microscoped mm-hmm. it, and it's hilarious because this is totally fucking, who the fuck is going to complain about who the fuck is gonna call the Irish monkeys? I mean, the whole thing is just—it's it, a—it's a stratospheric yeah. level of weird. It really yeah. is. God bless you, Jake. And it is. But on the other hand, it is pretty fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> How long is he in jail for? A few uh, days. Uh, it was a few days, but the, he actually posted his notice. Um, he's on the uh, the ass end of. Feeds. He's going to be like thrown down. And I bet you he posts something else like right after. Oh, it's just his worst. Dude, he just got out of Facebook jail. He announced <laughs> I'm out of Facebook jail like what, two weeks ago? And then he's just dropping N bombs or what's he doing no. now trying to get back in? No, the other time, the other time he was watching, uh, he was watching Harry Potter. Okay. And he was referring, I believe, I'm pretty sure he was referring to. Draco Malfoy. Okay. And he said something like, I'm 20 minutes into this. Actually, no. He was referring to uh, cousin. The cousin. Oh, Dudley. Dudley. He was referring to Dudley, and he's like, 20 minutes into this thing, and I'm ready to punch a kid. Boom! (laughs) Facebook jail. (laughs) You're right. That thing has turned up so insensitive. Oh, it is. He is laser microscope. The the, the, the fuck. What's What's that telescope? What's that telescope out Hubble? there? The, no, the new the one. The new one? Oh, I that forget. Thing, the one that can go really far. Yeah, they're lying when they say they're looking at other galaxies. They're on Jake. <laughs> they're looking at Jake. <laughs> they're looking at Jake. See what Jake's and doing. And they're watching every fucking thing he does. 
<laughs> Holy shit balls. <laughs> I've never got put in Facebook jail. I haven't either. I don't post enough. Yeah. I don't I don't post enough stuff to get to Yeah, get put that's in exactly Facebook it. Jail. Otherwise you'd be in there all the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dude, I know. I know. He has to limit what he says because he has like family members of mine who follow him and his mother. Oh no 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 no. You have to understand. Um when I post something, I have a setting saying who can who can see this? And, it, and I have a group of people who are banned from seeing anything I ever post. Your mom's not on that yet. <laughs> because it keeps me in check. Because if I post something bad, I may get banned from Facebook and then I can't do my job. Right. But my mom also suck. knows you and she takes some of that as it's just Barry. Like, well, of course. <laughs> Here's Barry posting something terrible that he really feels. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh my! Well, I, I have a setting where I exclude um, a certain uh, crazy libertarian friend of mine because he just can't resist showing up on political posts. Uh, is that the same one as Biggs? Uh, pretty much. No, no, no. Biggs is entire. Biggs is that's his own friend. Okay. This guy is my friend. I know who you're talking about. I want to set that guy on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's why I shouldn't post this stuff. My real opinions on Facebook, uh-huh. because sure, I, apparently I you know, think terrible things. I think that though that would look great on your LinkedIn, Barry uh, Rob. I want to set him on fire, <laughs> just, just in quotes, and you know, I I realize now I'm becoming that old man with terrible opinions. You haven't realized that now. That's be- been you the whole time. Yes, <laughs> that's. <laughs> That's that's got to be in your high school. It's got to be in your high school yearbook description, right? It's gotten worse over the years. Elementary school kids like, oh, that Barry hasn't changed at all. (laughs) Like, here's my opinion. It's horrible, but here we are. Well, it's funny when you get older and you hit that level of intolerance, but your intolerance is for intolerance. So you become that old man, but instead of shouting at people to get off your lawn and you're shouting at clouds, you're shouting at, you know, all the assholes of the world who are making it difficult for the little people. Like the one sitting across from you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, no. definitely the one sitting across from you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. And no, let, no, let, no, from him. You know. You. No, from and him. Deb is Me, about you. the same height as him, but, you know. She's a chick. It's it's. Okay. I am normal, average height for a woman. So yes, I'm not short. <laughs> so so Barry is normal, average height for well, a it's woman. Definitely not normal. But okay, for a woman. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I've come to terms with my height years ago. Which is why he has no problems with me wearing heels when we dress up, and I'm like Aww, three inches taller than he is. I no, I dig that. I did. Oh, dude, I dated a woman who was five ten. And a half inches. Snoo snoo. <laughs> I've also, it's weird because usually I end up with girls really shorter than me, like chin height. Yeah, well, how tall are you? Yeah. I'm six one. Yeah, so you can't but, help yeah, that. Yeah, there was one girl, it was so cool because when we would sleep together, she would sleep on me with her head chucked under my chin. That's not cool. And her toes curled against the instep of my feet. Yeah, no, dude. It was very, very cuddly. It sounds cuddly. Yes. For like five minutes. Well, yeah, because eventually me. I got I'm a sweating pee. to death. Please move away. Uh, you know, yeah. Honey, I got a back problem. I really need to, you know, so. But but for those five minutes, it was like, this is cool. I like this. Yeah. 
Uh, if you've been missing uh, Fact Check Andy, uh, there's a place that you can find him. He guested on the Conspiracy Skeptic podcast this week. If on- you believe that. <laughs> so on episode 95, so uh, why don't you go check them out, Conspiracy Skeptic podcast, and listen to a little bit of Andy and Celestia. So, Yes, the great Celestia, uh, who is on the regular Skeptic podcast, Squaring the Strange. Yes, Squaring yes. the Strange. Yes, our good ele- I'm, uh, eclectic Celestia. She does art. She does, I, I, Jesus. I don't Trump even Jesus. know what she does, but she does it all except Jesus. She doesn't do Jesus. She's. Um, I'm gonna stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the skeptic podcast are super popular. I, I caught one of hers, and it's actually very entertaining. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that I, I, okay, I Andy introduced me to her like last year. We went over and we played some uh, DC deck builder, and it turns out that Oof. her that husband, wasn't last year, Oof. wasn't it? No. Oh, I guess it was two years ago. Crazy talk. Okay, uh, yeah. Well, last year was a DC blur. deck builder with her husband. Yeah, you must have enjoyed that sitting for an hour waiting for him to take his turn. A little bit, yeah. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> but it turns out I had met this guy years ago. Rob? Like in 94, he used to play part of a vampire LARP that I was with. And he knows the guy who was running it, who now, and for many years, ran one of the first podcasts that were super popular, Skepticality. Oh, wow. That's wow. classic Skepticality. Man. Yeah. Derek Colanduno, a friend of mine. Uh, check that podcast out. Good that's been going Lord. for a very long time. Yeah, that, that's goodness. one of the uh, old men of skeptic podcasts. Oh yeah, and he's in, he said, you know, you got to come out to Dragon Con where he runs the Skept Track, or used to. I don't know. Um, and, uh, we, we should you we know, should go. We should go and do podcasts and stuff there. In costumes, not in skeptic track, costumes. obviously. <laughs> and this is terrible because I've forgotten the title of it. But our own April A. Bear from Star Trek: The Experience is still doing her podcast which is about <clears throat> critical thinking. And uh, she attacks uh, uh, conspiracy stuff and a whole variety of urban legend stuff and things like that, getting people to think through a lot of the... Trying po- to track down what's truth and what's right, not. Right, and cut through the political bullshit, et cetera, et cetera. And wow, it's actually, I should give that a try. Yeah, she actually... Uh, we should at some point have her on here, but she's still doing that podcast. We don't do so much critical thinking as we are just critical of each other. Ain't yes, we truth? are, you fucking knob. Correct on both counts. Filthy Polak, you. Yeah, well, you know. That's right, bleep it, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Why did Barry call Kirsten? Oh, it must have been awful. I know. Yeah. It's not like you have two Zs in your name. <laughs> <laughs> I've met Italians with Z's in their names. Fuck you. Like my friend uh, Tony Mozzarella. There you go. Yes. Right. As that, opposed is to- that real? No, it's not real. <laughs> Ding dong. He's a fucking Goomba. <laughs> no. I actually do know some friends of mine with two Z's in their name. And that sound effect Barry just made, he does it on a regular basis. So yeah, well, He's well, very Italian. Yeah. You can't get away from it. You know, if you're, if you're raised Italian, you're... And you're from Jersey. You're Italian. There's no cut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like it I said, it's just like Long Island. I, there are lots of Germans, and then there are lots of old English, Scots, Irish people who are descendants of the Fisher, the Fishermen's. Yeah, you know who lived on Long Island. But fuck, at I don't know, sixties or late fifties, going into sixties, everybody became Italian and Jewish. Yeah, there was a great place to eat. It was called Juwapis. I'm not even. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. He's not making it up, people. 
We left Jersey in 90. It was still there. It might still be there. They served like pizza bagels or whatever. It was really oh, good. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just can't make this shit no. up. Oh, that is so, that is so tri-state area. That is so New York, Jersey, and that western part of Connecticut, you know. That has some humanity as opposed to the <laughs> the other part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where oh, weird people live. Yeah, exactly. You mean we're the stupid rich that don't like anybody and snub their noses at everyone? Yeah. 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 West. Well, well, Port? no. There's some parts of Connecticut where there's some oddballs. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, Andy's. Andy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Westport. I think Westport is the Beverly Hills of the East. I believe it is Westport, I Connecticut. Don't know. Is it though? I have spent well, my whole life on the West, except for Texas. Wow. Texas. Woo. You're just traveling around. Texas isn't the West. That's what I said. I spent my whole life on the West, except for Texas. It's more that south. is the furthest East I have ever lived. I don't, it's not the deep South. It's, Technically. It's its, it's own a, thing. It's supposed to be like Southwest, but I've always thought of no. Texas as the South. Not yeah. the deep South, no, that's, but the South. It's, yeah, Louisiana. It's like South yeah. Midwest. Texas right. is yeah. its own well, thing. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, well, yeah. Well, I... Jesus, I had somebody one time dress me down because I referred to Nevada as a western, as a southwestern state. And it was like, oh, you're western. You're not southwestern. Mer. And I was like, jeez, what is it with you people? My opinions. God. All these people with their damned opinions. Yeah, really. At and, least you didn't say Nevada. Ooh, that bothers me. Yeah. Some of my coworkers who live in other states do. I got broken of that. A friend yeah. of mine who uh, I worked with, he broke me of that. So What's funny, um, in the show Veep, uh, one of the guys always corrects someone whenever they say Nevada. He goes Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, I like, I like that. it. I like that's it a, a lot. Nice touch. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that's like espresso, irregardless. To be pal. I I love irregardless. I think it's a yeah. great word. I want to stab you in the teeth when yeah, I hear that. Like, I had a fight on a sword and sorcery Discord with a guy who insists on mispronouncing Conan. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's like, it's not Conan, it's Conan. Robert E. Howard knew his Irish heritage. Conan is an Irish word. It's Conan. And he's like, oh, Conan is kind of... Here's where he gets it. Do you remember the uh, the opening to Conan the Barbarian? Oh, God, he re- he says it. I know where Between it comes the from. the time when the oceans drank yes. Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius. I know. Was an oh, age I know. undreamed of. Oh, here we go. And onto this. Conan. He can't help himself. With an and, you fucker. Yes. <laughs> Destined to bear the jeweled throne of Ocolonia yeah, yeah. upon a troubled brow. But he also, Mako also says it right down. during the movie. He's He goes back and forth. Who that, does? Mako. He, he, says, he says it. <laughs> What's his name? James Earl Jones' character? No. What's his name? No. What's his name? The Sorcerer. I have only seen this movie What was his name? One Mako. Bolo. <sighs> I hate all of you. And it's Conan. It's Bolo. not Conan. And I know that John Milius is responsible for the mispronunciation. That doesn't change the fact that it's wrong. I honestly don't care. I, you know, fuck you. <laughs> Oh, if I had a nickel for every time I heard that. You would be rich. I would Literally. Be rich. <laughs> so what geeky things we do this week? Uh, who wants to start? Do we want to start with news? I mean, no, like, like, what? No, geeky not news. things we did this week. No, like Kofi and 
What? All oh, those things. business. Business. Well, okay. How about how about a little okay. amalgam of it? One of the geeky things I did this week was get the patches done. Yes. Hey, Kofi Tier Three members, you got some patches that I owe you, and they are coming. Uh, they're in the mail right now. Uh, they'll get to me. I'll be able to inspect them and make sure they're the quality that you deserve. Sorry, they're the quality that we promised. You deserve far <laughs> less. <laughs> Uh, but they look really good, and if you're part of the Discord, I'll, I'll I'll share what they look like. Oh, by the way, if you want to be part of our Discord, which is very lively, all you have to do is donate to GeekShock at ko-fi.geekshock.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com
this is how you died. So you know you're going to die in this. There's not like an overarching goal or anything. It's just oh, okay. survive as long as you can. It's a hard game, is it? It's fucking hard. Um, but it's fun. It's it's a, the kind of game where I'm on pause or I'm at lunch or something, and I'm like, yeah, fire up a game for 20 minutes, play it, survive, die, and go do something else. Okay. You know? So, that, um, so that's the object of the game, just to survive. stay alive as long as you can. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, Josh from Let's Game It Out, one of the best YouTubers. I love you, Let's Game It Out. Did a thing for Project Zomboid, and it was hilarious. So the two people I saw playing, saw playing Project Zomboid, so I had to check it out. And it's, it's, it's actually kind of fun if you like your zombie games, and I do love my zombie stuff. So that's pretty much the only really big geeky thing I did this week other than Minecraft. What's happening there? We're close to launching the casino. Rock and roll. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, actually, everything's working but blackjack right now. And even that is real close. But roulette? <laughs> okay, everyone who's playing Minecraft should go play roulette if Barry will let you in the casino because I want a shit ton of diamonds. If Barry will let you in the casino? He has it wow. still technically not open yet. Just yeah, wow. because you want a shit ton of diamonds and I got to tweak that. If you yeah. want in the casino, you have a pickaxe. Just go. Dude. <laughs> But see, I did bet like eight diamonds. I bet like eight numbers. Okay, so, so you didn't really win a bunch of diamonds. You won some. I won double. I doubled that because one winning one pays 14. Yeah. So I almost doubled it. Okay, it's fine. Eh, I still got to tweak it a little bit. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I still got to tweak it by one. Just don't let Ben Affleck in because <clears throat> he's got that shit figured out. And Counts cards. That's Rounders. And wait, was it Rounders at 21? What was he it's, in? It's Rounder. And it wasn't Ben Affleck. It was... Uh, Matt Damon. Well, uh, no, no, yeah. no. Ben Affleck is officially black booked in Vegas. Black Well, black you mean in what? real life. In real life. Okay. Really? Yeah. yeah. Really? He apparently is good enough to count cards. And he's... The word is, is that he's in the book. He's in the book in a number of places because he uh, actually can do it. I was fascinated by that years and years ago, and I learned how to do it, and I realized this is a lot of work, and when I play blackjack, I want to have a drink, I want to have fun, I want to shoot the shit with the people next to me. If I got to do that, it's work, and then it's not fun. Yeah, well, see, you're... I'll just, I'll just work. You are what the casinos are built for, not Ben Affleck. <laughs> well, you add a couple zeros to my bankroll, and then I'm what casinos oh, are built for. Oh, shit. I'm just A couple, there. you need more than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, you're, nah, you're, I didn't mean that in a bad way. I mean... <laughs> Okay. Casinos love the people sure. who literally will just throw like no. hundreds down on the yeah, table and no. walk away after mm -hmm. spending thousands and don't care. That yeah. is true. So they call them whales. High yeah. rollers. Yeah. Yeah. Deb, what'd you do this week? So I've been working a lot, um, but the work I've been doing, I've been preparing for inspections and stuff. So it's a lot of stuff. I don't have to like use my calculating brain so I can listen to audiobooks. And so I finally uh, caught up on the second book of the Crescent City novels by Sarah J. Mass. It's called House of Sky and Breath. Oh my God. So good. So good. And I can't say what I want to say because anybody out there who's listening who has ever read any Sarah J. Mass or has wanted to, you need to read these books. Oh my God. The second book is so good. So good. Yay. So it was good. That's your review. Oh, list. to it the point good. where like I finished the audiobook and I was like, oh my God. You know where like you do something, like you go on a trip that's so amazing and you get home and you're so depressed. That's kind of how I felt. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, I want more book. <laughs> I, 
I want that blurb. <laughs> I want that blurb on the back of her. Right. When you finish this book, you'll be so sad. <laughs> Five stars. Yes. Five stars with a tear I mean, was, rolling down the cheek. It was to the point where I started Googling. I'm like, when is she writing the next book? When is the next book coming? Oh, and everything oh, was shit. just talking about this book because oh, it just released. Oh, so, so this is brand new. It's brand spanking new. Dude. It's only like three weeks old. So I was dude. like, damn it. That's She's why I go. like reading graphic novels for series that have already completed. I'm going to say I can hardly wait till this person goes George Martin. It's going to be so <laughs> cool. Deb is going to die. She's going to die. But yeah. It's so awesome. The second book is called House of Sky and Breath. The first book is House of Earth and Blood. Okay. So just a little background. So Sarah yeah, J. Mass. The penny version of so these. Sarah J. Mass writes all fantasy. Okay. And most of her novels are about um, her main characters are women. Um, and they tend to be in a world where like elves and and creatures of magic live, but also humans, and they've kind of been thrown together and how does society work and all of those things. Well, this series is called Crescent City for a reason because this series that she has written actually takes place in like a modern day city. So they have cell phones and they have movie theaters. They've got, you know, anything that we have now, just throw magic into the mix and fake creatures. And you've got Crescent City. So it's it's a different take that um, a lot of authors who write that type of fantasy don't do. They tend to stick fantasy, you know, more like medieval times type feel era. And she hasn't done that with this at all. So it actually, it's really interesting. With the half chicken dinner and everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, that half chicken I dinner with it, that yeah. soup, with I that chowder. My good friend, have you, you said had medieval a half times? chicken dinner? What about a turkey leg? Ooh. And you always got to sit in the Black Knight section. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. What is that giant creature in the sky passing? And all the, and all the waiters and waitresses are like, all right, my lord. Yeah. What kind of, <laughs> would you like a Diet Coke with that? Yeah. Yay, Black Knight. Yeah. <laughs> Deb, Deb knows she's got it. Is This is M-A-A-S? Yes. Mass? Okay, yes. I've seen the name. I haven't I haven't read so her stuff before. So the first series I read of hers was Throne of Glass. And that, it's like six or seven books. And oh my God, that series is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Last book, you are crying your eyes out. Like, amazing. You get so connected to the characters. She's one of those writers that writes so descriptively that it's not, it's not overboard. It's enough like you, you, when you're reading, you're super visualizing everything that's happening. It's one of those types of novels. Love it. Um, but I, I tend to listen to hers mostly on audiobook. And um, is it Michelle Evans, I think, is the reader who does most of hers. Um, I love the way she does uh, audiobooks. She's definitely one of those female um, vocalists who does voices. And she's really good at actually being able to super differentiate between male and female and which female character and da 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 She's really good at it. Um, so they're very enjoyable to listen to. But I, I have given this caveat before talking about her. They are more adult. She writes sex scenes into her books. So okay. it's definitely not there, for teenagers on. or young kids. Let but. me call this up <laughs> now. <laughs> but yeah, she, if you've never read Throne of Glass, that's her like first big series. And then uh, Crescent City is the newest one. And then she has another one that is a, um, 
it's the series that's based on like the Beauty and the Beast story kind of, and I'm forgetting what the first book is, like House of Thorns and Roses, I think is the first book. That all sounds familiar. I've yeah, seen so this she has on- written she's written quite a few novels at this point. Um, Fun fact, in September 2016, it was announced that Throne of Glass series was opted for a TV adaptation by Hulu and Disney ABC, but as of 2020, the rights reverted back to mass. Yeah, mm. I think it's one of those stories that, <clears throat> and that happens, I mean, The Wheel of Time was opted for television multiple times before this this time they made it well so, it was a wheel of time yeah that's how it works yeah <laughs> but i think a lot Barry's of it has giving me a look it's awesome i could i couldn't see disney doing throne of glass i couldn't it needs to be done by someone like hbo or netflix someone who doesn't care about um making a tv show that's not for children because well, it's not disney touch okay them. so it's more like uh game of thrones yeah i mean there's lots there i mean Throne of Glass especially does take place more in like that fantasy medieval era. Ooh. And um, there's lots of death and murder and fighting. And Ooh. I mean. Game of Throne of Glass. So she actually, the main character in that book series, she's an assassin. <gasps> she's like 18 years old and the best assassin in in the <sighs> realm. Is her name Mary Sue? <laughs> No. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Also, I have Blondie's Heart of Glass. It's stuck in my head now. Oh, Blondie. Debbie Harry. Yeah. That's her name, isn't it? Debbie. Oh, awesome. 18-year-old Debbie Harry as a medieval assassin. Totally Mary Sue. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, she'd dominate. She'd take over. Hot damn. I was going to say something clever. Oh, well. Fuck it. But uh, <laughs> Well, the, us and the audience will all pretend. There you go. No, we uh, well, Stephen King always said, you know, best thing that can happen to your book is it gets optioned and then they don't make anything. So Cause you still get, cause you still get, get money. You get your money. Oh. They pay you for the option. I mean, there might be more if they make something, but so you, you, sell you still it again. get money off. Exactly. So you go, Sarah. Sarah Mass? Yeah. Sarah Mass. Mass? Sarah Moss? J. Mass. Mass. Okay. Moss. I was, my brain was always like Moss. Moss. I don't know, because double A, you would think eggs. Mass. Like the eggs, the paws, yeah. The, yeah. The, the dipping things. You know, the dipping. Yeah. 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 It's not what I was thinking. <laughs> but, uh. Awesome. But yeah, so that, You're an you know, ass. because because of work, that's really the only cool, geeky thing I've been able to do this week, so. Sweet. Uh, you know, despite what you all may believe, uh oh! There are more podcasts than Geek Shock. What? Did you know what? That? Bullshit. Did you know? Did you listen to one of them or something? Heresy! I listen to a shitload of podcasts. What? I just traitor. That dude. The shower. I go listen to him going to sleep. I listen to him all the friggin' time. And I finally found one podcast that I've been waiting for somebody to make. It's been out for a while. They have like 160 episodes. But they're furries, isn't it? Been ages. Yes, uh, Furry Central podcast. Yay. Mm. Oh my God, are yeah. they sexy? Sarah J. Mass writes the sexy. <laughs> That's incredible. I, I've been looking for video game history podcasts, but it's so hard to find a good one. That sounds interesting. All right. Uh, and I, I wanted something specific in video game history. I wanted something that covered more video game history from the 70s and 80s, maybe some 90s. Uh, a lot of video game history stuff tends to start at the 90s and do move on from there. Well, because yeah. a lot of people classified sure. before that more like arcade games and not... Right. Right. I finally found one. It is called We Create Worlds. I didn't want so much... Because usually a lot of these history ones, they spend a little bit of time on the history of it and then a lot of opinion pontificating. 
which is fine. There's a, there's an audience for that, but that's not what I'm looking for. I want something that is just a deep dive into the history of either specific games or specific companies, and that's what they do. And these guys, they've done a few things like Grand Theft Auto and so on, a few modern ones, but they tend to really focus on stuff from bing bong, 70s and the 80s, uh, including pinball, including so they have like, like a two-part on just Gottlieb. They have uh, just Stern, an episode on just the company Stern. How I they imagine started. they spent a lot of time in Atari. Uh, they've done a few Atari episodes, but that's not where they focus. They focus on stuff that, well, what I was looking for, the stuff that nobody talks about. Brodubun's software. Epic's software. What? Um, they did an episode, they did three episodes on the Ultima series. There's a lot to do there. There is. Uh, and they covered it in three trilogies because that's what it is. <laughs> Richard Gary, it's a special guy. And they did an episode just on Richard Gary. Oh, and, they, and they've done an episode on Origins. <laughs> they did an episode on Wing Commander. They've, they, Wing Commander? I haven't thought about that in a hot minute. <laughs> Uh, they did an episode on the Fairchild Channel F uh, machine. The what? It is a the nearly forgotten uh, home video game console from the 70s. Wow. And so it, Are we talking like Vectrix kind of type of thing? Um, no, that, although I think they've done an episode on that as well. But yeah. I've, I've played with an, a Fairchild Channel X at the Classic Gaming Expo. There, there's a reason why it's forgotten. But it existed, and it has its history. When a lot of these classic ones do a arcade history write-up or essay for their podcast, a lot of them tend to be about 25 to 30 minutes because, frankly, if they're, you're doing a history on Zaxxon, how much information do you have? Yeah. Right. These guys have structured it in a way that these episodes usually run about an hour 20, hour 30 minutes. And it is a full history beginning to end. There's no pontificating. There's no review. This is just, this is how Broder Bunn started. Uh, these are the games they make. These are the imp important uh, things that they created that you might not be aware that changed video game history. And this is where it fell. An episode on Inficom, if you're into the text games. Uh, I'll, I'll, few months back, I talked about the uh, interactive fiction games that were based on books like they did uh, Amazon, a text-based game based on uh, uh, the Michael Crichton book, Congo. And they did a whole line of these text games based on books because that company, I think they were called Mindscape, saw that, oh, that's where literature is going, interactive fiction literature, so let's translate books to games and... They rose a bit, and they fell a bit, and they give you an hour and 20 minutes on that. Wow. It's impressive. This sounds like something I would totally listen to. It's worth your while. If this is your bag, if, if again, this was a very specific want, and someone actually fulfilled it, and I highly appreciate it. So if that's something you might be interested in as well, check them out. We Create Worlds. Uh, I happened on them by accident after getting uh, tired of listening to Retronauts. I don't even know what that is. Retronauts is exactly that whole idea. They, they talk about older games, but it's more pontification and uh, opinion than it is on history, which is what mm. I was looking it's mostly for. Most of the YouTubers about video games are like show movie things I can't stand either, where there's like a snippet that's been released to the public and then they spend an hour talking about the what ifs or we're, we're thinking this is what's going to happen. Ugh, can't stand it. Uh, yeah, no. And there's an audience for that. We're just not that audience. Yeah. yeah. I want to know fact. I did watch uh, Apple Plus's Tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, is that the one that's starring um, 
Denzel. Yeah. Denzel Washington. So it's on Apple. It is on Apple. Uh, How was it? Uh, Joel Cohen directed it. Uh, very stark. Very, very interesting. It, I mean, it is it is Macbeth. It is. I love Shakespeare. Yeah. If you love Shakespeare, uh, and it, it might be worth a trial of Apple Plus just to watch it. Uh, but it, it is. It is truly Macbeth with a very... You can tell they filmed this during the pandemic. It's, or at least coming close off of it. Uh, just because everything is kind of separated. There's a lot of digital effecting that you can tell that, you know, the digital sets and so on. But its starkness really adds to the story if you're familiar with Macbeth. So uh, Shakespeare fans, definitely check it out. It's worth your while. Uh, and when, while you're there, stick around and watch C and Foundation and whatnot. But it, it's worth a trial run. So it's better than Kenneth Branagh's? Because uh, I really enjoyed his... Kenneth Branagh's is more entertaining. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I, I will not shirk. Branagh is Shakespeare on film. No one does it better, period. And even Joel Cohen and Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand cannot beat Branagh. No one can. Not yet. Wasn't uh, <clears throat> Denzel was in Branagh's? Didn't Branagh direct? Oh, he played a side character, didn't he? Uh, I can't shit remember. Balls. It was the. Uh, it had uh, Emma Thompson. Always, always Emma Thompson. Keanu Reeves was in it. Oh, was it a and, modern version of a Shakespeare one? No, it wasn't no. a modern version, but Denzel was somebody's br- oh, motherless. It was one of the comedies, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I and can't, I, I, I can't remember which one it was. It was funny because this is one that we went to a whole bunch of us from Star Trek The Experience. and Much Ado About Nothing. That's I think, yeah. And we and, mentioned Star Trek The Experience. Take a drink. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, we, the, the audio died at some point and they couldn't fix it. And every time they bring it up, they didn't have the audio. And oh, a lot of us started filling in for it and stuff like that. It was actually pretty funny. All right. But yeah, that's. Um, I, I think that it was Brana. It is Brana. him. It was is Brana. Um, yeah. But it's also one of my. Um, I think he's not as well known actor, but. He was in uh, Swing Kids, but he also was in... Uh, yes. Um, Dead Poets Society. Yep. Yes. Yes, uh, I love him. He was uh, the best friend in... Um, Who? The, his na- I can't remember the actor's name. Yeah. That's right. But he was in it. He was definitely but he was it. in it. He was in I'm all gonna, of I'm going to look it up right She's now. Oh, yeah. That guy. Yeah, right, yeah. Exactly. The yeah. guy with the thing. Uh, Robert yeah. Sean Leonard? I believe that sounds right. Doesn't help. I believe that is correct. Yes. Yeah, him right there. <laughs> the guy in the bottom. Whatever yep. happened to, huh? Yeah. Yeah, he plays House, the best friend of House on House. Yes. That's also the on same House. character. Oh, actor. that guy. Yes. That guy. He is the star in Much Ado About Nothing, the, the male yes, lead. He is. House's best friend. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's all you have to say. You didn't get it That's with any all of the you other had to say. Dead Poet Society, really? That's like Dead a you Poet movie. Society? I saw it once. Oh, it was all right. Oh, you oh know what? You eat shit. It was shit. all right. You eat shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you fucking yeah. know yeah. from movies. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to bring oh, up. Oh, shit bag, my shit bag. <laughs> one thing. One thing we did last weekend. We watched that movie on Netflix that has. Um, the Adam Project. The Adam Project. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I tried. And we liked it. I I really enjoyed it. Barry didn't because it's too much drama. Like it was good the first half, and then it was just all huggy and drama. And it's drama. drama. Hugging. Hugging. Don't don't hug if you want Barry to watch your movie, folks. 
Unless everybody's naked yeah. and one of them is Alicia Class or, you know, Who? whomever. I don't know. Some porn. <laughs> Did you just make up a fucking name? No, she's from 20 years ago. So, wow. You know, it was before you went through puberty. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. It's dropping yeah. classic porn names. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Boom. But, uh, yeah. I actually have had a hard time. I've tried to start it twice now. And it's... it's. I swear if this is porn. No. In the beginning, um, it's... It's getting to be a little too by the numbers. Like there's a moment when they're about to go to the ship and he's like, don't touch the quantum because then they can find us. And then you're just waiting for Rick Moranis to turn around and go, everybody get that? <laughs> and and there's there's something. And it's weird because Ryan Reynolds, yeah. I, I'll watch anything he's doing. But this one is actually giving me trouble. There's a couple of moments in there that are really interesting with the writing because it's clear that they wrote some of those lines for the kid as if they were writing them for Ryan Reynolds. And he's a, he does a very good he job. He does a very good job. The, Fun fact, the kid like pretty much memorized the script to, to Deadpool. Yes. Yes, I saw that vid. We're yeah. talking about that. And the kid, yeah, the kid is good. The kid yes. plays He's not a nice, annoying. Yeah. He you plays know? a nice... Uh, he plays a young Ryan Reynolds, uh, really. I'm, like I'm, he has yeah. the snarky the, personality down. The worst thing that you can put in a sci-fi film most of the time is kids because they'll call, they'll they'll do dumb shit and they'll cause drama for drama's sake, and it really aggravates the hell out of me. This kid doesn't do any of that. Um, you know that's the writers, right? <laughs> I know. He didn't improvise the movie, babe. No, I understand. He, but he walked you know up what? with a blaster and he's like, you better put this in I'm doing the voice because I'm sitting where Matt... He's, oh my God, it's the chair. It's the chair. It's the chair that makes dude. the man baby. Well, dude, it's, it's a, the chair that makes the man baby. You know, let, <laughs> oh my God, I'm doing it now. Let me point Wait a out... Second, that's Edith Bunker. Let me point out to <laughs> everybody... Let me point out to everybody that there are a bunch of chairs in Jeff's house, and most of them (laughs) do not have arms. No. But there are two chairs that have armrests and are somewhat confining. And somehow, those are the two chairs, Matt and I, the two biggest guys in this group, end up sitting in. So that's obviously what it is. Man Baby is being clenched. It's the most like <laughs> pack it in. They are the most like a high chair. I will say, pack that. Yeah, it they in. Are. Yes, they I are. used to have a high chair like this. I think. Did you? What? <laughs> no. You still do? You need one? I kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Just get one that's set for the average height of the average woman, and Barry is golden. I'm gonna come over this fucking table. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come over there. I'll, I'll talk to you. I, I'm used to my height. I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to fucking kill you. Wait till you go to bed tonight. I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to sneak in the doggy door and just fucking kill you. I'll just steal the packages off your door. Yeah, that's true. That's That'll happen. God damn it. I'm, yeah. Kirsten, what did you do this week? Well, I got porch pirated. Apparently. Yeah. I'm going to find that fucker. And I'll know who it is. I'll know who it is because I took a picture. I put a profile picture up a while back. It was just a picture kit. My brother, who does uh, abstract impressionistic art, took that picture and did his art little thing, and I put that up as a profile. Well, he took that picture, and he went to one of those uh, websites where they make 
cups and blankets and you know whatever out of your images and he made that blanket for me and it got sent to me and apparently it got pirated because i never got the blanket so I so kirsten and i are gonna go hit the yard we're gonna hit the yard sales you watch out vegas because we're gonna fucking find you and buy some of your shit. That's right. I'm gonna buy it, and I'm gonna be like, "This is great. Where'd you find this?" And I'm gonna, I'm gonna pump them for information. <laughs> then I'm gonna take it to the cops, and then the cops are gonna, wait, are gonna, turn they're the gonna do way. nothing, yeah, and then, then they're the gonna way. take them out to the fucking desert, and then we're gonna bury them in a hole. The cops aren't gonna do. Is it anything. 1952? The cops it's are going sopranos. to be gonna go 1952 on their ass. I thought you were gonna like get the blanket, buy it, and put a brick in it and tie it up, and you know. Brick them? Brick them. Okay. I mean, that's kind of extreme. And then I'll call the cops. Extreme. What are they going to do? We'll take them out to that's the That's kind desert. of extreme there. <laughs> <laughs> Porch pirates. I, I can't think of a better fate. Yeah, really. Motherfuckers. It was really funny because the, the whole porch pirating thing really evolved interestingly because I get this text from Andy. Oh, damn it. I ordered a bunch of stuff for my trip to Miami when I'm going to work. It actually, They delivered it to... The house in Henderson. So can you pack that up and send it to me? I'll pay for postage. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Is okay. Eeyore? And I'm just like, it's Andy. And, you know, Schlep Rock and Eeyore combined. And so I was just like, oh, okay. Well, you know what, dude? I haven't found anything. Let me go check. I go out front. There's nothing there. And he's like, it would have been about a week ago. And it's, dude, there's nothing there. And he's like, oh. And I'm like, we got porch pirated. Mother flucker. They took your stuff, Andy. I'm really sorry. Oh, man, I needed that stuff for my, you know. So now four hours later, after that text conversation, my sister-in-law, did you ever get the blanket that uh, Brian sent you? And I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. And I was like, what day? Was it the same day as blank? And she's like, no. And I'm like, we were hit twice. Motherfuckers. Oh, I was just so mad. Next day, I get this. Duh, duh, from Andy. <laughs> they sent it here. They oh, just Jesus. had it hidden. Oh. So yeah, I found it. They just had it hidden? <laughs> they hid Dude, it? I don't know. We I, actually, I, we've had our house in Houston, uh, depending on which delivery service sometimes, they would put it on the back porch. And we didn't know. Uh, for You know what? Porch pirate's sake, I can appreciate it. Right. Yeah, really? But well, still, one of, them like, I, one of them I suggested that they, I asked them to put it in the back porch. It was FedEx. Well, right. that's what he says to all the footlong chili dogs. <laughs> Pack it in. Here's what I want you to do. Back porch it, people. I want you to, the next time you're Pack scooping. Pack it in. Pack next, it in. The next time you're scooping Kit's litter box, <laughs> I want you to get an Amazon box. Yeah. And I want you to scoop all that poop oh, in do. the box. I do. All of it. Yeah. And then just. Leave it tape, yeah. tape it up and leave it on your front I, porch. I, you know, well, what's really funny? It's fragile on it. Uh, Barry was yelling at me earlier this evening, folks, because, uh, yeah, I know. It's like it's a, Deb yells at him. He yells at me. I, I look laugh. At, it I trickles look at, down. I know. I look at Todd, and he just is like, "Go ahead, abuse motherfucker. rolls like, downhill, like, like it's gonna bother me." And Matt isn't here, so I'm left <laughs> a sh- stranded. But um, <laughs> actually, I got some mail. From a neighbor, and they're like, they put it in the wrong box, and he gave it to me, and I'm like, okay, cool, and I'm like, yeah. and first of all, the name is like this private eye spy dude, Remington Neeland. No, oh, like, wow, well, I'm using that name. I man. know, right? And I'm like, well, D&D that's camping. not my. Fu- oh wait, this is the wrong address. This is the house next door. So I'm just like, well, sh-. and the house next door has been bought, 
I'm pretty sure it's by flippers because they've been tearing out the inside and putting in new shit and nobody's living there yet. So I was like, all right, I'll just go put this mail by the door. And I went over there and there's an Amazon box. And this motherfucking box is right in front of the front door where everyone can see it. And I'm like, we've been porch pirated. What the fuck is wrong with Amazon? Now, because I'm so used to it, the idea of it being flipped, I didn't even ring the bell. I just put the mail on top of the box, and then I moved the box behind a pillar, and I'm like, take that, pirates! And I walked away without ever ringing the bell, and I didn't check the box address to make sure that the box is in the right place, and I'm like, what if, as I'm driving over here for recording, I'm like, what if the box, what if that has the what if that has Kit's blanket? What if that's sitting there? What the hell's going on? And that's all you can think of now. That's all I can think of. Barry called me a, you know, whatever he calls people. No, no, he does and, that anyway. Yeah, and then I, so, I, that's basically what I, oh, and I also watched Don't Look Up. <laughs> Don't Look Up. Yes. I enjoyed that. Immensely. I commend you on your transition there. Thank that you. That was pretty good. Well, it's, it's all geeky in its way, you know? Kind of. Cat blanket, don't look up. Yeah. yeah. Barry yelling at you. That's the geek experience. That's what brings us all together. There you yes. go. Uh, don't look up was, was fun and interesting. Uh, uh, really uh, uh, just, just punch you in the face, satire. <laughs> so I don't get the... I heard that media like had a hard time with this thing and everything, and I'm like, I don't understand what you people are having a problem with. This is it's very much like poignant to what's going on right now. Yeah, yeah really. With it's like half of feels like half oh, the population. Oh, Kate Blanchett, country. she was wonderful. What media was having a problem with it? Oh, they, I don't know. Fox but it, media? Uh, no, no, it was. I don't know who Just the media hell was. In general? Yeah, really. Yeah, fuck everybody. So, <laughs> there you go. Mark Rylance. Did you guys watch it? I don't know uh, who no, that I is. haven't seen it. Yet. Oh my god, Mark Rylance plays this Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, way out there, old you know billionaire tech dude, and he's hilarious. He is fucking hilarious. It is just hilarious. Um, the whole cast is is hilarious. Uh, Meryl Streep, Jonas, whatever his name is. Nick Jonas? Uh, One of the Jonas Brothers? No. No, the, no, the other Jonas. Uh, Moneyball and... Uh, not a Jonas, that's... And that's Jonah. Jonah, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill, yeah. Jonas. How that do you guy. get from... What the... Jonas uh, to Jonah? Jeez, Barry, I, mean, I don't, don't know. It's don't, one fucking letter. Don't forget Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah. Who's who? Who? Isn't Leonardo DiCaprio in this movie? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 I know. If you're into that sort of thing, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, no, the, the Jennifer reason, Lawrence. The reason I didn't watch this is because this movie would aggravate me a lot. Yeah, because he would. Well, yes, because it's a movie. Well, no, because <laughs> there are people out there right now that are the, exactly oh, like yeah. these yes. people. Oh, yeah. The whole chant "Don't look up" is the sort of political denialism chant, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like, "Don't look up." Don't see the comet, you know. Don't look up, and. Uh, it might as well be Make America Great Again. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, uh, yeah, you would get annoyed, but then again, that makes me want him to watch it even more. <laughs> well, that's kind of the point, right? I know, right? Let's put, you know, Deb, set up a camera right on him, and let's just... Is this the, See his reactions? What would get under Barry's skin, the podcast? Dude, like, that's hard to find. Yeah, really. It's not. I yeah, mean, we're trying to make this as low work as possible, and boy... 
There's no effort in that. Okay. I can get behind yeah. that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Good satire, good fun. Adam Project, I'm trying. I'm trying. I love Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, I'm Zoe, trying, bro. Zoe, uh, I always forget her name. Deschanel? No, no from uh, Trek. No. Um, she's in it, too. Zoe Zaldana? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, Jennifer Garner. I'm really, yeah. I'm really scared there. Because it's like, I don't want him to meet his mom and Hollywood get all Hollywood about it. No, it, no, no. I, I want to get, I get scared. I'm scared of that. So, but. Uh, it's, and, it's not a Marty McFly thing. It's, yeah. Okay. And yeah, I think I'll remember something else later and I'll interrupt you, Todd. Fair enough. Okay. Sounds right. You said Barry. I did. I was looking at Todd and I'm like, such a. Apparently such a- one can't exist without the other according to this. <laughs> what is that? It's like that's Jeff. It's it's yin and yang. You want to get rid what of Todd? You go back in time and kill darkness. Jeff. <laughs> you kill Jeff, and Todd will never exist. What is light without? Darkness? Whereas Barry, <laughs> well, first of all, good luck killing Barry. Right. <laughs> He's I like mean, a cockroach. I uh, well, yeah, fucking fungus. He's a fungoid you, cockroach. You can even take the roach off that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. How do you kill a cock? Slings and arrows. You, know, you don't. We all love you. Yes. Some of us love you. Some of yes. us love you. Deb loves you. And <laughs> Bartimaeus. Oh, that's questionable. <laughs> he loves me, though. Bartimaeus. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yes. well. I, I, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we went there. <laughs> Got a little bit of mail. Uh, good day, fuckers and Deb. Ah, uh, Jake. No, no, no good no, day. Ozzy Matt. No, but here's the problem. He said good day, not yes. good day. No. Yeah. Bitch. You want to try that again? I you, said good day. You said good day. You said you. There you, were two silters. There, there was a pause there. Yes, you oh. you paused. I might have been good day. You did my lord, not my lord. Ah, my lord and fuckers. <laughs> ah, fungal. Man. Honestly, I thought it was hilarious that you guys hate generationship stories where something goes wrong and hate mixing religion in with your science fiction. I I know who this is. I think somebody got a little stung. Someone got a little butt hurt. When I'd sold a story that contained both just a few years ago. It just shows that if you do it well, it works. Smiley face. But that's not why I'm writing. Oh, okay. (laughs) The recent discussion about... Barry not rewatching things made me think about a great idea for Barry's soul auction or whatever the thing that replaces Barry selling the use of his word fuck ends up being. Okay, I'm listening. Force him to rewatch it. <gasps> when Barry inevitably fails to meet whatever conditions are sold at the auction, he has to create a reaction video of him rewatching and commenting on the same movie. Oh, I love this idea. Once a month for a whole year, and he doesn't get to pick the movie. Oh, I love Ozzie this. Matt. Holy shitballs. I love this idea. And we have an insider who can tell us the absolute nastiest, worst, awful experience we can think of. The films, yes. Which ones to pick? Oh, yeah. Now, I did, I did post a suggestion on the layer. <laughs> Hold on. They gotta be rewatches. They can't be stuff I wouldn't normally watch. You can't put me in front of that fucking ABBA movie. Yes, we can. Because that's just terrible. Did you watch it? No. no I watched it with no, my no, mom. No, 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 no. It's rewatch. It's yeah, rewatch. It's, it's, it's rewatch. Well, here's the thing. If we make him watch the ABBA movie, everything time he sees it afterwards is a rewatch. It's true. I'm never watching We could it. force him to watch it and then rewatch it. See, there's this... I, I found, Try. I found... <laughs> try. This two-hour special episode of Chips that focuses on 
roller discoing. Here we go. Are you fucking shitting me, dude? I just, I shit you not. I'm a member of a Facebook group called WPIX. It's a, a, a New York local channel, Channel 11. Uh-huh. And they post TV guide retro guide pages from and, like and weeks of like yes this, yeah from the 80s from the 70s and i shit you not today they posted something advertising the chips roller <laughs> disco <laughs> motherfucking special i found that on twitter today so it probably came it's from why that. it's the anniversary yeah <laughs> Ruth Buzzy is in it. Oh, my oh God. My God. <laughs> there you go. I don't care if this is not a rewatch. I want to watch Barry I mean, you watch this. Chips, didn't you? <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, it's the best episode of Chips you've never seen. I'm sure it is. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like every kid who remembers the 80s watched Chips. So it's, it's probably fair that he watched did. this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And actually. No. <laughs> no. Yes. For the for the for the re- actual rewatch, we can okay. title this segment the worst episode Barry's ever re-seen. Next gen first season. Yeah. Oh. Oh. oh yeah. Oh. Wow, you do know where it hurts. Oh, oh yeah. Oh dude, are you can she's gonna make this so delicious. Terrible. This is gonna be awesome. <laughs> okay, so like I said, I'm willing to do this, but I mean I gotta sell something first. Someone's true. gotta someone's gotta make it worth my time. All right. So, okay. I well, think this is a great idea. All right. So, well, we found a punishment. Well, well suggested, Matt. Now we just need what should he sell? What happens to trigger right. this? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So, uh, and we got to make it tough so it triggers. So, we're open to suggestions. Kofi members, you know where to hit us up there. Uh, as far as uh, non Kofi members, uh, just hit us up. Comments at geekshockpodcast.com or you can throw it up on the Shock Bunkies lair. Uh, either way, uh, what can Barry sell uh, that he's going to fail at so we can make sure this happens? Yeah. yeah. Everything's on the table, kids. Pat, Jake, get on it. <laughs> uh, Jake can't hear you. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. Yes, he can. Oh, yeah. Okay. This he isn't on Facebook. Oh, this, you're right. This Facebook. isn't on Facebook. Okay. I want to hear from some of you people that right. aren't Kofi members. I want to hear from some of you listeners who are just lurking out there. Yeah, really? Yeah. Speak up, folks. We love you lurkers. Yes, we, we do. We do. Put your money where your mouth is. Hell, I, I've been a lurker. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. The, yeah, uh, but outside the, people's windows. Well, <laughs> the, 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 the restraining order is almost up, so... <laughs> That has a limitation, like a year? sure. Yeah, I don't know. I've never had yeah, to do file that. one. You know, they were they the were, recipient of them, but he never had to file one. Well, yeah, that's different. Yeah, Barry file a restraining order. <laughs> How would he have any friends? I know, right? <laughs> I just what get is, a brick and a towel do? and solve it myself. <laughs> wow, Barry, I that's beg your you. theme tonight. That is <laughs> brick and a towel, solve everything. Barry, the best Christmas present you can get me is a restraining order from you. <laughs> Christmas present. <laughs> Uh, before we go into any news, uh, I had a question up on Kofi this week. I just I was like, you know what? I, I really want to know uh, people's answers to this. And, and it's a very question that's been out thrown on podcasts all over the place. Uh, what's your favorite video game of all time and why? And I didn't put any kind of constraints on the why. So I posed the question with this extra caveat. What is your favorite video game of all time that formatively changed video games for you going forward like on a emotional level psychological level that after you played this game uh going forward video games were different for you personally 
uh, I'll go ahead and start. Um, and it's a game I've mentioned previously and actually mentioned earlier on the podcast. And it's Ultima, number four. Uh, put out by Richard Garriott, 1985. Uh, came out of the Apple II. I got it on the Commodore 64. And what was different, what was great about the Ultima games overall is when you talk about open world games these days, it was that. It was an open world game where, yeah, there was a story, but if you didn't want to go do it, you could go just do whatever the fuck you wanted. It wasn't uh, almost to the level of Skyrim is now, just without the graphical fidelity and the and the writing that went along with it. But if you just wanted to go off and fuck up towns, you could go up and fuck up towns. If you wanted to follow the storyline, you could, or you could just, like I did, say, now nah, I'm just going to wander around in this world and do whatever. Um, but it, it's not the open world aspect of those games that, one, it is that, looking back at it is why I like open world games now. That's kind of where that started. But Ultima 4 is where the outcome was not kill the bad guy and win the game. It was a role-playing game, uh, tile-based. Uh, a lot of Japanese games were kind of based on it. Ultima was a massive influence on Japanese RPGs, especially in the Nintendo era. But the object of Quest of the Avatar, as it was called, was that you were trying to be a better moral person. Oh, four was the one with the seven virtues, right? Yes. Yeah, I remember that. I played the hell out of that. Yeah, compassion, honesty, justice, humility, spirituality. The whole point was that you were there to become a uh, a moral bastion for the people. It wasn't about... I mean, sure, there was plenty of killing things, but if you attacked uh, like an animal out in the wild... That counted against you. And if and if an animal attacked you, if you didn't run away, if you fought it and killed it, it counted against you. It, it, like it, the, the game actually had a moral center to it, and that was the point. And all the games going forward kind of played with that. Like Ultima V kind of turned that on its head. Like what if you took those virtues and turned them into dogma? And then basically... And it was kind of a, a warning against fundamentalism. So it, that, um, every game going forward kind of played with that. But the whole idea was, we, we talk about games with moral choices now. This whole idea was not to go out and kill things, get experience points. It was part of the game, but the point was become a better person. And that game actually changed me psychologically. You've mentioned this before. You've yeah. talked about this before on the podcast. Yeah, that, that the whole idea of compassion, that's where I learned it. What, what compassion actually was. It was a game that actually probably taught me more about morality than growing up Christian. Hmm. So, and I can't say that about any other game. Yeah. And, I, and that's what, when I see the stuff these days coming out, yeah, they're still trying to do moral choices, but they tend to be moral choices of, do you want to be really, really bad or the best being that ever was? And there was barely anything in the middle. Like Fable? Uh, kind of. Yeah, nah, I, yeah, Fable's pretty good. Yeah, Fable wasn't bad in that regard. Yeah, uh, I, I'm thinking more along the lines of, uh, say, Mass Effect. Uh, where you make the Paragon yeah. choice or the Renegade choice. Right. You, you got, it, it's, a, it's a zero or one thing. It's a, there's nothing in between. I don't like those binary things. Yeah. You're making Ultima sound like you had kind of a graphic equalizer various settings things that you could go through. Right, and especially when you went into like five and six. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
but yeah, so I just have to say, uh, Ultima Four kind of changed my mind of what video games could be. Besides, go find big bad guy and kill it. So that's my answer. What uh, what formative do you have? Uh, not that. Cheers. Well, I have two for totally different reasons. Um, I'll talk about the easy one first. So, original Warcraft. Oh. Original Warcraft was the first game that I ever played that you could play online with friends. So it was actually like the original, original one that came out in 94. The, the real-time strategy one. Yeah, you could dial up up to four, like four friends could dial in, you know, back in the day with the dial-up modems, and you could play, and you could either all play against each other or you could team up and two against two. Um, I played the shit out of that game, and my parents got so mad because back in the day, right, you're playing over the phone line. So it's like I get home <laughs> from school, and I'd jump online and play with my friends, and my mom would want to try to make a phone call and... It was crazy, but I loved that game. And it was the very first time that you could actually play a video game that I did from your own home, like that kind of video game. Because obviously there was like major mud and a lot of stuff like where you played in BBSs and you kind of were with people, but we actually played together with your friends online. It was awesome. I loved it. And that like changed video games for me forever. And then obviously then Starcraft came out and all of the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So Blizzard like took off after that one, but I love that game. And then um, for totally different reasons, going back to American McGee's Alice. So that game wasn't just beautiful graphically. Um, the whole premise was that Alice kind of was like going mad and crazy, right? And so she ends up going back um, through the looking glass and she has to kind of deal with her demons and monsters. And that's kind of what she's doing playing as you're playing through the characters in the game. Um, you're dealing with her, her sanity problems and her, her depression and, you know, cause her parents died in a fire and all of these things. And you're, you're playing kind of through her dealing with that. And I think that's one of the reasons why I kind of connected a lot because she's also, she was at the time around the same age as me in the game. So Good I answers. really enjoyed that game. Nice. Yeah. Barry. Custer's Revenge. Tell fuck off. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I actually have two answers. I have an answer for the original question because uh, this was posed on. Actually, it was posed on on the Discord for uh, Geek Shock. What's your What's your favorite game? And I started to think about it, and I said I didn't respond because you can't answer what your favorite game is. Like, if I feel like being world dominating, my my, my favorite game is Civ Five. If I feel like play, playing in a sandbox, my favorite game is uh, Minecraft. If I feel like being exploring, my favorite game is Skyrim. You know, then these have been great, amazing games. But then you rephrased the question for me, and you said, "Hey, what what was what changed you the most?" And I think, I mean, a lot of games have changed my perspective of what a game could be. But I think the most jarring change was when I was really younger, and I was still just playing Nintendo games. And Nintendo games didn't have a lot of depth. It was just jump, jump, jump. The original Nintendo. The thing. Or... Original Nintendo. Okay. When I say Nintendo, I mean Nintendo. I didn't actually ever have a Super Nintendo. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I went right to a computer. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, I played Nintendo games all the time, and I had tons of them. And then I got Nobunaga's Ambition, which was the first uh, like strategy game I had ever played. And it was on the Nintendo. And it was surprisingly deep how the levels you could go. You had to handle how much rice did the people have, how much gold, how much taxes did you take, how did the uh, like the battles go, and you had to control all this stuff. And so, was, like Civ, like basic Civ. Yeah, yeah, like very, very basic Civ, and it it was very deep, and it was a lot 
more it was a lot more in detail than most of the Nintendo games I'd played until then where you get like I don't know Mario jumping around getting mushrooms okay great there's a there's a time for that but then I was the only kid on my block who ever got into those types of games and Romance of the Three Kingdoms before it became the whatever the fuck it is now um I like that that kind of game got me into strategy stuff it really did and I love strategy games so I'm going to go with Nobunaga's Ambition for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Nice pull. Yeah. Okay. Um, N64 Goldeneye. Okay. It's a lot like what Deb was talking about in her first game, except it wasn't the online experience. It was just all of us getting together and playing. And that was the first time I really did that. Um, later on, a friend of mine, Federico, would take me like to visit friends in California where they would have land parties for oh, a weekend. Oh, land parties. <clears throat> yep. And you know and and Half-Life. Half-Life was a big one. Tons of it was really funny. I was having so much fun doing Half-Life uh when we brought out there and everybody had land up that uh nobody swapped out with me on the computer. And I sat on the computer playing Half-Life with like a dozen other people for you know 12 to 15 hours. Oh my god. Cuz uh everybody could see I was just enjoying myself. But but Goldeneye we, I mean, eventually it evolved into GoldenEye Night at Star Trek The Experience, have a drink, where a bunch of us would get together once a week and we play GoldenEye. We also did Halo. We did Halo. Eventually we moved into Halo and the Halo Nights were huge. Taking it to the Gulch! Oh my goodness, it was crazy. Uh, DJ Skills just beating the shit out of most of us most of the time. Ain't that the truth. This guy... He had a little bit of money, his parents did, and for one of his birthdays, they rented out a giant warehouse where they had Halo on four giant like projectors, and there were 16 people playing. Why wasn't I working at Trek then? Amazing. (laughs) It was that night, I remember too, Barry, because I fucking lucked out, because everybody divvied up. Are you here? And they would split the screens up, and by Uh the time it got to me... I got the whole fucking wall to myself. Nice, dude. So I'm running around with like a 15 foot tall, you know, so you can um, see everything. Master Chief. Yeah. Oh, it was so much yeah. fun. Yeah, but the uh, but the nights I, I I remember the Golden Eye nights. I went, I went to a couple of those. Yeah. I to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, yeah, I was never a big Golden Eye fan for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I I get it, and I know that it was it was the seminal gaming experience in the 90s because. Late 90s, Goldeneye, you got a couple pizzas coming, you got a few two liters of Mountain Dew and some yeah. vodka. That's your night, yeah. man. Uh, do it, and it doesn't Paul, get any better than that. Paul Mattingly went through his Midori Sour phase. Yeah. So we were having Midori Sour. The only thing get him to drink. It was, yeah. And, and it, was and this, it was the socialization. Oh, I enjoyed the hell out of Goldeneye. In fact, and this is shameful, <laughs> I totally forget if it was Paul or Chad Randall but one of them, when they eventually, probably Chad, when they moved on to their next gaming system, they gave me their N64 with GoldenEye. So um, I, was, I was into it, but it was really the social aspect, just all of us getting... I came across a picture, actually, of a bunch of us playing back in uh, the house, the apartment that Paul and I had mm-hmm. uh, for two years, where we were all playing. 
And eventually that thing spiraled out of control. We would have GoldenEye going on, and then there'd be another corner of the apartment. People were playing Pokemon, and it just, it, it, it was crazy. It was nerd town. But the social experience mm -hmm. was what was really cool. And to the point that I play video games alone, but I really want to be in the room with my friends. I don't even want to do much online stuff. Unless it's with friends. Yeah. But, you know, uh, Call of Duty, killing zombies, it's like it, it, it's just not what it is unless Andy and, and Scott Schofield are there with me and we're mowing through, you know, zombies and stuff like that. And that, so that was what was really formative for me. And eventually Halo. Halo is why I got the Xbox. But it was only because friends were yes, playing. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and a friend brought it over. Uh, Jerry Thompson, he's of uh, Vegas's own Lightforge Studios, which is a little film studio here in Vegas. He's a friend of Andy's. And he was like, I want to show you this game. And it was really funny. We hook it up. And this is the old Xbox. So Andy, like, grabs a hold of the controller. And he's like, oh, this is a man's controller. I love those controllers. That thing was a hammer. They yeah, filled your hands. And for the first time, I feel like, the cord was long enough you could sit on the couch. Yes. And not have to sit on the fucking floor Indian style because the yes. cord was so short. And they had the breakaways, which is very useful yes. for Andy. <laughs> You know, but but yeah, it, it was it was it. They they really started. You know, you could see that they were responding. Yeah. To uh yeah. to audience. Let's make gaming more comfortable. You'll play longer. You'll play more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was and Halo then Halo replaced Goldeneye. It was really funny. I actually I don't know. Uh, God, was it like a? I don't know if it was an Xbox 360 sample thing or something but i actually tried some old golden eye in 64 a while ago and Not i was like holy crap yeah. these mushy graphics and i can't yeah you like what I is that oh, i can't tell and it, it, <laughs> I, this is t and we move you can never so go home again fucking slow. okay try so i love this i love it it's one of my favorite gifts because i grew up playing a coleco so we grew up with a coleco okay, okay? Yes. we never had an atari we had ColecoVision, and barry at least was well, like 10 years ago i think oh, Jesus. he bought me uh, a refurbished coleco nice and with like a shit ton of games and he got the the little thing that you can plug into it so you can play atari games on it as uh, well yes and i love it my favorite game is cubert love cubert but coleco is one of those systems that has the cords and they are like the tight white like they're like the curled cords so you have to sit right really next close. to the system yes, you do. and and I'm trying to play and like, I'm like, I'm moving the joystick. Cubert, jump. Why aren't you jumping? And he's just like, I'm like. Those yeah. are some nasty <laughs> controllers for that system. <laughs> yeah. And that that, wow. that system is not meant for a 70-inch TV. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you sit that close enough that you're going to go know. fucking blind. Oh, that'd be all your two feet away from the I mean that screen is going to surpass your field of view <laughs> you know, you're, 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 oh my god and then the resolution must be a joy yeah the mushiness it was really fun because Carl uh, Big Black who's been on the show he commented that he always had a hard time with GoldenEye because the mushiness of the graphics made him nauseous you know I yeah. agree and GoldenEye, and I just, I couldn't. It, it was, yeah. it, it, looking back, I mean, do, when I tried to go back, 
it was actually kind of tough. I loved it at the time, especially when I finally learned how to pick up the golden gun. Because oh boy, yeah. Paul Paul was a bastard. I never knew how to do that. We, we we'd set it up, and and Paul knew how to pick up the gun, and then he'd just run around for ten minutes. Shooting us, and when I finally figured out how to play the gun, all of a sudden Paul didn't find that as much fun. <laughs> but yeah, no, those games. Just there's a reason I didn't list World of Warcraft in uh, one of my favorite games ever, and it was very formative because I met a lot of friends there. You know, uh, like Major Meh was the good, was the guild right. leader for us, sure. and we had a we had a big guild, big guild, and we would run forty man raids, and it was the most hilarious shit ever. Um, and I had a great time. Now, it was because of friends. If if you didn't have that group of friends to play Halo or Goldeneye with, those games would mean nothing to you. Yes. So they were formative, but I can't say they were the best games ever right. because they were just a vehicle for getting together with your friends and having fun. Right. These days, there's not a lot of couch co-op. No. no. There's no they, games. They, they, couch well, co-op. when we would try to land with Scott, Andy and I would try to land with Scott, go up to his house. with and It actually was getting more and more difficult. Because yeah, to connect everything like that. Microsoft yeah. wanted you to get online. So we, they wanted you to log in. So we, you, any couch co-op that is slightly enjoyable, we'll try on, on, the, on the console system. Because we'd like to play games together. Right. We actually ended up having to suck it up and buy a second Xbox so we can play games together. So we can play Borderlands together. Right, because they don't make a lot of, like, Lego is like the only real one that I know is almost always couch co-op. And that's the Lego limited. games. That's, yeah. That will hold my attention right. for a little bit. So but, we had to suck it up and buy a second Xbox. Is it really that technically involved to do that? Because it just, it, it's to like. To do what? To make it I don't think couch it, I co-op. Think, I think it's all well, about money. It's I like, really do. I think it's about the experience, and they're designing a game for the big screen. There's a lot of stuff going on, and if you limit it to half the screen, it's it's not the same game. When you two play your games together, then you're on two different screens. Yeah. Now. Now. Yeah. We have to actually. So we had to buy a second TV for like the life. <laughs> I'm not kidding. The gift that keeps we, on getting. I know. We had to buy a second TV for the library so we could hook up the second Xbox so we can play in two different rooms oh. and play together. <laughs> so you're playing yes. the couch co-op, but in two different rooms, yes. yelling from room like, to room. Fuck you, Gates. What the fuck are you doing? Move. Quit breaking fucking barrels. There's no coins in the barrels. Let's go. And then she'll be paused. Like, what are you doing? Hold on. I took a phone call. Ah, yes, it brings people together. (laughs) And how about you, monkeys? What were your formative games? If you're on Kofi, go ahead and hit it up there. And, of course, a Shock Monkeys layer as well, uh, because I am curious. So what what changed your life and why? We got a little time for news, so let's start with the most important stuff. News you don't give a shit about. No, man, fuck that. Oh, I hate life. your life. News you don't give a shit about. Uh, Netflix's Marvel heroes have stirred up the usual foils. Uh, the Parents Television and Media Council, it's a self-proclaimed nonprofit, nonpartisan research and uh-huh. education organization advocating its responsible entertainment, that's what they call themselves, has voiced its opposition to Daredevil and the other Marvel Netflix shows making their way to Disney+. Plus. Quote, 
For more than 98 years, the Walt Disney Company has been synonymous with the words family friendly. Thank you, Bill Cosby. Yeah. What, <laughs> what is going on? I, I, no. only, I only have one I impersonation. Did you, did you touch my water? I'm getting sleepy. <laughs> I can think of no other co- corporation in American history that has been built more squarely on the backs and the wallets of parents and families. Here we go. Tim Winter, president of PTMC, said in a statement this week, continuing, the company's eponymous platform, Disney Plus, logically marketed itself as a family-friendly streaming service, and parents have placed their trust in Disney to deliver just that. It seems wildly off-brand for Disney Plus to add TVMA and all-rated programming on this platform, ostensibly to increase subscription revenue. So what comes next? Adding live striptease performances to Fantasyland at Disney World? Unquote. Because obviously that's where it goes. I mean, and obviously I think a lot of people would be fine with (laughs) that. Talk about slippery slope. (laughs) (laughs) Yark. Uh, the collection of small screen Marvel projects became available on March 16th with newly added parental controls that went into effect the same day. Quote, While we applaud Disney Plus for improving their parental controls, the mere presence of MA and R-rated content violates the trust of families and oh, may well yeah. turn them off entirely. Violate. There's no need for Disney Plus to compete with the explicit content on other streaming platforms. Disney is already at a competitive advantage with a streaming platform that is the safest one out there for families. Its foray into TV MA rated fair will forever tarnish its family-friendly crown. Okay. Is, is this like... A- Moral majority type of obviously. I mean, yeah. they they know Disney owns other film like companies besides you know, that make all it. adult movies. They hate stuff. it. They hate it so much because it's not about Jesus. I'm gonna say, as a shareholder, I am totally fine with Disney making whatever they want to. Yeah, I mean, I love the comment about and the wallets once again kind of overestimating your economic impact. Yeah, it's like these people. Should they decide to do one of their, you know, boycotts? Yeah, they'll see how much power they have. Yeah, yeah. Disney's not. Yeah, no, it's okay. They'll be like the what is it? The the Westboro Baptist Church that would show up at right. Comic Con. <laughs> or yes. the or the, the, the they're the, the best. The Baptist churches that bitch about uh, Gay Day, um, Gay Pride Day at uh, Disney. You yeah. know, and they're like, oh, oh, ah, and we're just not. Good. We haven't been there in like you know since they instituted it, and it's like, yeah, it sh- it shows. Yeah, <laughs> sure, stay away. We're fine with that. I, you know, it just don't declare a. God damn it! Study history. The Birmingham bus boycott worked because blacks were the majority of the customers using the buses so when they boycotted it was a kick in the nards but if you're not the majority then your boycott does it, nothing it, it, you're just you're gonna make yourself look stupid well there's a reason this is news we don't give a shit about yeah. oh shit <laughs> i'm getting all riled up and i forgot don't give him any airtime. too late I just like your reactions I, to it. I well, I also I oppose. Don't give them airtime because that's the whole reason why shit like QAnon and everything mushroomed. 
because people didn't give it airtime, and so it was allowed to thrive in its own little vacuum. Right. Yeah. And it, you need to Instead find that shit and step on it. Yep, shut it down. That's true. You, you, you just challenge it. Challenge it. Just like we challenge Barry. Hey, now. He could be such, so much worse. Just imagine. Could he? Just imagine. He could. Without, he really could. Without Deb. Oh, what would this yeah. world be like? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, what is it, 12 years, 15 years? That's a lot of evil. So he just remembers what I was like before you. <laughs> I am not the yin to that yang. Deb is absolutely. Is that, you're, yeah. <laughs> uh, once again, folks, it's I was not Jeff. a good man. <laughs> it's Jeff. If you want to kill Torgo, you got to go back in time and kill Jeff. Yeah. If you want Barry to to you got to uh, introduce Deb to Bill Gates or something. I don't know, but just distract her. <laughs> And someone with a British accent that yeah. works. <laughs> I'm aware of this. <laughs> anyway, yeah. someone in a kilt. At, at one point, Henry Cavill was not a great actor. He was a young up and comer. That's when. Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh. <laughs> the Tudors. Yeah. Oh my God, dude, he was so cool in the Tudors. I love the Tudors. the Tudors. But he was so cool. I forget which character he played. He was, he uh, was on the council. The Duke. He was. Uh, he was Henry's best friend. And he was the one who, like, towards the end was getting torn because it was like, boy, we're, we're being a bunch of assholes. <laughs> yeah. Wow, we're, we're awful. And he's just hating it. And then there was a sad story because the mistress, uh, who was basically the love of his life and in his life, and for whatever reason in real history, the Duke made no provision for her. So when he died, the Duke's wife came back to the estate and she had nothing. She was left out in the fucking cold while the wife. Wow. Uh, uh, Tudors. Yeah. Henry Cavill. <laughs> yeah. 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 We could geek. Hooray. Yay. James T. Kirk is returning to Star Trek. A Strange New Worlds has cast Paul Wesley from The Vampire Diaries to play the role of Kirk. This is the first time that the character of Kirk has appeared on television in the Trek series since Star, since Star Trek was canceled in 1969. The new show centers on Kirk's predecessor, Captain Christopher Pike, played by Anson Mount, and his time commanding the Enterprise. Strange oh New Worlds premieres May 5th. So I don't see him as Kirk. What was Kirk's ship before the Enterprise? What was he? He on? didn't have a ship. He had he, to he, have a ship. Well, he was on. He was a lieutenant on. I believe it was the Farragut. That, Thank. That's the story with yeah, the, the, the the cloud. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've seen promo pictures, and unless I'm misreading, he has Captain Insignia on his shirt, and I want to know what in the fuck is going on. That's some weird. There, I want to know what in the fuck is going. Well, I mean, on. the show was titled Strange New Worlds. Yeah, That's but now hold on. Definitely strange. Yeah, you're hitting a button with us because what oh. universe are we in? If we're in the Kelvin universe, then you could do whatever you know, that other shit. Okay, but, what what ship are they on? Are they actually on the Enterprise? Yeah, they're on yeah. the Enterprise because Pike had the Enterprise before Kirk. This is supposed to be Pike's Enterprise. Normal, normal Prime. universe. Prime. Prime. Prime universe. In the Prime universe, Kirk was not a captain. He got his captain's bars and when then, Pike retired, yeah, or or became Dead, fleet captain he, or, or well, yeah. whatever, yeah. <laughs> Boop. But yeah, yeah. Um, no, I I saw that and I'm like, wait, come on, what is it with you guys? Why why don't they want Kirk to like be a lieutenant or some fucking? I don't. Maybe they go in the future. You know what? But I'm gonna hold 
judgment until I see it, and then I've got all kind of judgment. Because at at some point, I realized I was being one of those guys <laughs> yeah. who is uh, the, the uh, YouTubers that Deb mentioned to just go conjecture. Off in yes, the conjecture. fucking here's a little piece of something, and here's a bunch of conjecture. Here's me getting mad. Yeah, I don't want to be that, and so. I and it it's very seriously borders on man babies, and I don't want to yes. do that. And but- I, I, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say I'm looking forward to Strange New Worlds because I fucking love because Anson Mount's Mount. great oh and God. and I dismiss that thing that they did with the Inhumans. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. He was Black Bolt. We just don't talk about that. That's like the Highlander two of the Marvel universe. Oh, God. Yes. God, it was terrible. I can't see him other than Steven Salvatore. Like Stefan. He's Stefan. He's Stefan Salvatore. Oh, that guy. Yes. Get the fuck out of here. That's not Kirk. That's He's Stefan. He's Stefan. Damon's okay. hotter, but um, he's Stefan. Yeah, he he actually that that picture he kind of looks like. Look, I'm Rob as straight Lowe's as an arrow, uh, but Ian Summerholder has piercing fucking eyes, and I uh, wish I had those. Yes. Oh well, okay. Now we have a reason to watch. Now we know to get him for Christmas. <laughs> well, this is Ian not, Summerholder's eyes. This is not going on the rewatch. I feel like the Chinese girl in fucking The Crow. <gasps> yeah, he has His eyes. Parts. Like what if he has seen parts of things? Is that rewatching? It depends on the thing, but sure, if if it's bad enough. Oh please, no! Don't let me watch Vampire Diaries. It's terrible. Like all of it. <laughs> Like beginning to end. Well, because I watched all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he would watch bits and pieces. Oh, no CW stuff. The only CW thing that's acceptable is, is Supernatural. What it, do you mean acceptable? You acceptable actually, to me. Acceptable is not an option. The first like seven seasons of Supernatural either. Five. <laughs> Four oh, or five. That's all. And I, it got good after. I, I say the reaction that he's given. I think Vampire Diaries is a fine choice. Oh, it's terrible. Ugh. Come on, seriously? There's lots of TV that's garbage, and I'm not going to watch it. The Kardashians. Uh, I think you'll Grey's enjoy Anatomy. a hate. I think you'll enjoy a hate watch of the Kardashians. I can't. I don't want you to enjoy it whatsoever. I know. I I have never watched an episode of the Kardashians, not once. I I may have seen bits and pieces while I'm at the doctor's office or something. Right. Something, but I've yeah. never watched an episode. I got into it while they were watching it at Star Trek. Were they watching? Because it because there was a period there where it was always on in, in the uh, break room? ten forward. Now you know it was on when we were on break. Everyone drink. We're talking about Star Trek. Todd Agnello and I used to go on break at the same time, and we used to sit down and watch the the Spanish telenovelas with the, the with the We've girls who would clean before. stuff. And then yeah. Todd and I would make up the words, and they would laugh and it'd be fun because we're improv guys. That's what we do. Oh, <laughs> talent! It's adorable. What happened? Yay. I know. <laughs> Got old. I uh, I also watched the shit out of that '70s show. Hmm. I actually apparently converted people. We watched it so much in the break room. It's amusing. So. Yeah, Barry suffering, so I'm yeah. all for it. Should I just make a list of things I don't like? No. No. No, because you'll lie. We no. know you. No, I would be honest. Of mm-hmm. course, that list would be very long. <laughs> well, yeah. First thing on the list, I absolutely hate Three Amigos. Well, it's just, you know, Barry's... <laughs> yes, please, watch. let me rewatch that. <laughs> He'll rewatch... That's like the only movie. That is, that is one the of first Blu-ray That I he will rewatch, yeah. In fact, we were eating Mexican food the other day, and I played the Three Amigos soundtrack while eating my Mexican food. That, cause that, that's yeah, that sounds like a bad decision. That's, that's culturally relevant. <laughs> I enjoyed my taco. That's Fuck a, you. Oh my god, that's like it's fine. This I, is a good taco. Eat shit, Kirsten. I went. I went to an. I went to an Irish bar and I played Lucky Charms commercials the whole time. It was. 
We did a golden eye atmosphere. We did a golden eye night, and Frederic, Federico Flores, Mexican Puerto Rican friend of ours from Trek, who was a supervisor, was there. Paul Mattingly made a bunch of nachos. We were eating them, and Fed was like, "I'm not hungry." Thing, and I was like, "Come on, Fed! It's the food of your people." <laughs> and the look. <laughs> He was the, like, this is not the, the pained, <laughs> the pained, suffering look Fed gave me when I said that was hilarious. It was just. But also depressing and sad, probably. Oh, yeah. Like, no, he was just like, mm, but, you know, Fed was also, yeah, it's me. So he was, you know, used to wrong, that. What's wrong with nachos being the food of your people? <laughs> wrong with nachos are not from Mexico. <laughs> They're American food. Well, he was American. <laughs> you know, no, it'd be American if we, you know, put peas and carrots in it and uh, american cheese it's chinese <laughs> and american cheese yeah. and it's texan <laughs> and chili chili con carne oh god texas ah uh, racism sean levy is once again teaming up with ryan reynolds for deadpool 3 <gasps> yes this is the first major update on the project since November of 2020 when the duo of Wendy Molyneux and Lizzie Molyneux Logan, also known for their work as writers and producers on Bob's Burgers, Jeff's favorite, were, were hired to pen the screenplay. So yes, Jeff, writers of Bob's Burgers are writing Deadpool 3. Have a good time. Oh man, I think he just dropped like a plate of food at work because he's just like suddenly stricken with pain and he has no idea why. Is Benjamin going to be a part of it? That's his name? So this is part going to be officially part of the Marvel verse, right? Uh, this will be the first Deadpool film produced under the Marvel Studios banner uh, since they acquired 20th Century Fox. Bob Iger, who was still CEO at the time, assured fans that the character would remain extremely violent and foul-mouthed as long as the marketing for his solo outings were clear. Should he ever show up in mainstream MCU, he will probably be, be watered down. Yeah. Uh, released in May of 2018, Deadpool 2 laid the groundwork for future adventures with X-Force. Uh, the first sequel grossed over $785 million worldwide. That's $3 million more than its predecessor. Uh, Deadpool 3 does not have a release date, and it's unclear when principal photography is scheduled to begin. But director is in place. I, as long as they keep it to where he can break the fourth wall. Because in the second movie, he even refers to Josh Brolin as, Hey, Thanos! Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what? <laughs> he just referred to him as Thanos, so he's that's so fourth wall breaking. Yeah, that it, it, what you what you do, with, and this is Ryan Reynolds, so it'll totally work. He's in an MCU movie, and he's like going to talk about some fucking thing that happened, and he's like some fudging thing, and he's like fudging, fudging, but sort of like uh, what's her name in Good Place. It's just we're like they're auto correcting my words. Yeah, he's Holy just he farking shirt balls. Yeah, exactly, and he's just like, oh, oh, I can't, you know. I think that would be great. Would Although, be as I said, I realized they did it to great effect in Good Place. So. They did. She they did. that was hilarious. That was a really good show. It was, and she oh, really? was she was divine. A new Star Wars animated series is in development. Really, the news comes from Star Wars composer Kevin Kinner who worked on shows such as Star Wars Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels, and Star Wars The Bad Batch. While a guest on the Conver call, he revealed the following info, quote, You know, we are working on a new project. It's an animated project. It's a Star Wars project. That's all, all we can say. It's really, really freaking great. To the point where Lucasfilm and Disney are giving us full orchestra for every episode. <gasps> It's a very special project. Some great, great people are involved, and we're really privileged to be a part of that one. And I probably said too much already. Unquote. So that's all we know. But 
a new animated Star Wars thing is always a happy thing in my So are book. they not doing another season of Bad Batch? Because they really didn't end it. I wouldn't be surprised they come back to it. Yeah. It's it's popular enough. I if it's popular enough, it's coming back. Well, whatever this well, is, it's got good pedigree. So it does. and I love how they have intertwined the storyline from the animated series in with the live action series. Yes, because they brought a lot of that in to Bubba Fett. It makes it all canon, which is nice. I know. Well, then they've just done a really good job with the with the storylines in the animated yeah. series. Yeah. The, that's the reason I don't like DC because I don't know what's canon. And what's not right because they're not all connected together yeah. yeah i like the things be connected so i don't have to think like okay is this the berlanti verse is this the whatever verse that stupid even no. the movies is like uh, is suicide squad is that now part of it still or is that a new offshoot thing i can yeah. never tell it's just a mess there you go hollywood don't make barry think <laughs> please don't well i will say though my job is hard enough was it a couple seasons because i'm really behind on flash i'm like two seasons behind but there was an episode where the flash from the movies like appeared really yeah, quickly right. and then ran yeah. away. Yeah. That was, it was kind of amusing. Well, they were sort of like, you're flying. I'm fl- what? Who? Huh? What? It's what? always been understood that there's different like DC universes, you know, universe 62, universe 47, universe, whatever. And I get that, but it's hard for the average TV and movie goer to understand that what universe you're in. Well, you they know? just killed that though. They did. They really when. Yeah. Like like I said, I'm two seasons behind. The season I'm watching right now, they they killed the multiverse Did in they? DC. So Supergirl <laughs> and Flash and Green Arrow, they're and and Doom they're Patrol. They're all in the same world now. Doom Patrol yeah. too. They're all in the same world now. And uh, and the movies, just all the TV shows. Oh, uh, okay. Lois and Clark have kids. And the Joker movie, and Gotham, and the new Batman movie, and and the new thing that they're doing in the new Batman movie, and the new Harley Quinn movie. Yeah. So. And, and the comics. Or like, and, yeah. and the amazing, amazing Harley Quinn show on uh, the, the animated, animated one. one on HBO. Yep. Yeah, no, dude. No? No. Get it together, DC. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, he loved that animated no. Oh, I know. But loved that. He, th- this is Barry confused. Okay. Okay. Hence, I'm confused. And it, actually, I think it's the first thing I liked. I really enjoyed her and the actress that does the voice of Harley Quinn. And I'm blanking on her name, but she was on... Uh, Haley Cole. Kelly. Yes. Kelly. Because the first thing that I ever saw her in was Charmed. And she was horrible in that show. Everyone was horrible in that show. No, they weren't. Everyone was horrible in that show. That was a good show. Everyone was horrible in that show. Shut it. Shut it. The outfits were nice. Another Yes, we do. Angel. Angel's a good one, too. You know what? We should make him watch Roswell, the original (gasps) Roswell. Oh, no. (laughs) I heard the people that worked on that were terrible. They they were the worst. Every single one of the fuckers, especially backstage. Jesus Christ. They came out damaged. They were damaged. (laughs) irreparable no they, the, they the, end up being podcast hosts the crisis on happens infinite earths thing wiped out everything put it all together yeah, all in one earth yeah so yeah and you know and dc you know how long all in one's gonna TV last earth. <laughs> but uh yeah. whatever whatever confuse barry norman reedus is collaborating with the jim henson company along with the dark crystal and the labyrinth artist brian and wendy froud for a family-friendly series featuring, quote, an entire new universe of creatures, unquote. The Frouds will craft the aesthetic, and Reedus will supply the attitude. Uh, Hallie Stanford, president of TV at the Jim Henson Company, describes the show as an urban fantasy whose goal is to, quote, make hope cool, unquote. Uh, Stanford continued, it will be a magical world 
but I feel like Norman is going to help us bring the punk back in Hope Punk. Hope Punk. Mm. <laughs> yeah, she oh, took it right off from boy. under you. Uh, continuing, I also think that people kind of like that punk in Henson's legacy. The Muppets were the underdogs. Our labyrinth goblin king with David Bowie was so cool. And when you say Jim Henson, it invokes something in people, unquote. As for the future of The Dark Crystal, the prequel series Age of Resistance ran on Netflix for a single season to rave reviews, overwhelming fan support before it was unceremoniously canceled. Uh, That's generous. The Jim Henson Company are ready to jump at a chance to revisit the legendary conflict between the Gelflings and the Skeksis. Quote, the minute anyone would like to jump back into Thra, that's the Dark Dark Crystal Planet, (laughs) Dark the Dark Pistol. Yeah! <laughs> that's, uh, I like that. that hey, that's, hey, hey. That's Tarantino and Henson's... Uh... <laughs> yes! Oh, my God! Oh, now I want to cry. <laughs> I would watch that. Yes. <laughs> David, David Chase brings you the Dark Pistol. <laughs> it is a world that we will continue to build on and think about. Unquote, Stanford said. Did you say it was... Oh, Punk. No, not Norman Reedus and uh, no. that I can get behind. But he's the, talking about the Dark Crystal, the Dark Crystal, the oh. the Age of Resistance or whatever being like amazing. Or, or I'd say it was amazing, but critics really liked it and it has a lot of fans. You never finished it, to be honest. You only I watched two get episodes. Through it. Ugh. I was. Ugh. No, oh, no, stop! I see your face. I see your face, Kay. Oh, you should rewatch that. No, I. <laughs> What is what is everything? See, it's too easy. There's so much bad stuff out there. It, it is actually easy. So much absolute easy. waste of you know, time. But I don't mind easy. Life's been hard, <laughs> you know, recently. So let's go for easy. I'm kind of with you, Kay. Low hanging fruit. <laughs> well, what high hanging fruit is there to make you get rewatch? The, get the really horrible stuff. If you're gonna get the if you if you really want to punish me, get the really deeply terrible stuff. Well, get what what is Age of Resistance? It's not deeply terrible. It's it's mediocre terrible. Mm. It's like boring. Ter- it's like I'm gonna go to sleep. I don't know. Boring. What about you stuff he cool. watched as a child. Well, what do you, you know, hate as a child? He was like, a child like, in the 80s. Like things that he likes, but now in rewatching, it's terrible. Oh, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I gotta tell you, Fraggle Rock was hard to rewatch. Let's give him all a Fraggle Rock. I Original fragments. I'd sing along and everything. Would you? Because you don't sing. I know. Yeah, but we'll be recording you, so sing away. That would be actually. Because it's a reaction fun. video. Yes. Yeah, really. I'd smoke a cigarette and I'd do like a like a Kirk. Kirk. Like what a are you Shatner. even talking about? Right? Like, like a Shatner. <laughs> Shatner. Shatnerization. Oh, okay, okay, Speak, sing, Fraggle Rock. I got you. Go give, give, me, give, me, give me a piece of it. Is this is this Blart's bad impression? And you know what? Just 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 give it to me. Dance your cares away. Worries for a for another day. Let the music play down in Fraggle Rock. I kind of liked it actually. Yeah, I'll take a whole one. That's a you know. I don't know what to say. Yeah, that was a. I want. The, I want the full size sub next time. Yeah. Well, when I said "dance your cares away," the only acceptable response should be clap, clap, and you didn't clap. Nope. Just like when people do. I have the clap. Does that help? Yeah. No, that's terrible. <laughs> I want to sit close, farther away from you. Closer. Close what? to farther away. <laughs> there are, where's farther away? I want to sit close to that. There are certain songs when when you hit certain notes, you're supposed to clap. Okay, here. Um. <laughs> so no one told you it was going to be this way. 
thank you. See, oh. you're supposed to do that. God damn it. I was trying to be an asshole. What? I don't. <laughs> you gave him what he wanted. Why would I you? Know. This is totally against what I'm about. What? By the way, what Dad doesn't mean? understand because she's apparently never seen Friends. Not really. So no one told you that it's going to oh. be this way. And, okay, Fraggle Rock. I never watched Fraggle Rock. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be a rewatch for you and a first watch for Deb. Dance cares with worries for another day. Really? Never? Wow. Although I do like this uh, performative songs for clapping, so go ahead. Yes. That's the only two I know. There's got to be more. I know. I don't know any more off the top of my head. This bit can be called Barry Gives You the Clap. (laughs) 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 Don't be writing that down. Best show title ever. Uh, This is why I drink. Yeah. This. This reason. Yeah. (laughs) Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash is a comic book store owned by Kevin Smith in Red Bank, New Jersey. During the store's 25th anniversary, Smith made the following announcement about his newest project. Quote, 2022 marks the 25th anniversary of my comic book store. And after a quarter of a century of selling comics, the Secret Stash is going to make our own comics. Following the recipe written by Dark Horse Comics president and founder Mike Richardson eons ago when he turned his comic shop into a legendary comic book publisher, The Secret Stash is ready to take the next step in its evolution. I'm ecstatic for Secret Stash Press to become part of the Dark Horse multimedia empire, and I hope our books will bring new customers into comic shops and delight regular readers from all over the world, unquote. Following this announcement, Smith revealed some additional details on an Instagram post about Quick Stops, an ongoing anthology series featuring characters from his cult classic films. He will also be publishing a comic called Masquerade, which will be an eight-issue masked Avenger tale about a budding vigilante with art by Andy McElfrish. (laughs) Budding. Yeah. I mean, Dark Horse. (laughs) I enjoy a lot of comics on Dark Horse. Yeah, Dark Horse is solid. I just, I don't know if I need more stories yeah. from the Quick Stop universe. Yeah. Blunt Man and Chronic. No. Weed Man and High Boy. No. Heart Attack Vegan. No, what? That he had a heart attack, so he became vegan. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to see a comic of that. <laughs> Zack Snyder has another major project in the works. Oh, good. In an interview with Hollywood Reporter, the filmmaker revealed that Netflix has picked up his next project, a sci-fi fantasy movie called Rebel Moon. The idea started out as a Star Wars pitch that Snyder made to Lucasfilm back in 2012 before Disney bought the company. The project went nowhere at the time. Reportedly, it was too dark. Uh, But Snyder and writer Kurt Johnstead, who was part of 300 and Atomic Blonde, wrote it anyway. When Snyder started working on Army of the Dead, he also brought in one of his co-writers, Shea Hatton. Snyder will direct the franchise-launching film. The story takes place on what starts out as a tranquil colony on the edge of galaxy's civilized space. That tranquility is threatened, however, when a tyrant named Basarius tries to take over the colony by force. In response to Belsarius' impending attack, residents send off a young woman with a mysterious past to gather reinforcements from neighboring planets, presumably for a major battle against Belsarius' forces. So, so I kind of feel like they've taken parts of Firefly and mixed it into the story. That's what it feels like. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So if, if you need some more uh, Dark Snyder sci-fi, it's a coming. Is it starring uh, Nathan Fillion? Because otherwise I'm not watching. Oh, oh, well. Yeah, he's the young woman, right? <laughs> that was Shakespearean. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'll watch it. Snyder. I mean, you know, it's it, it's space war. Yes. Yeah. Who do you want doing your space war? I have to admit, I would like to see and Snyder do some space opera. Yeah. It's not a generation ship. <laughs> I'm down. I did not Screw hear you, Matt. I didn't hear the word religion in that pitch <laughs> anywhere. I don't know. No faith. It's just yeah. Netflix adaptation of The Old Guard is getting a sequel. Yay, that was good. Charlize Theron, who started in the first film, broke the news to Variety that a script for the sequel is complete, and the production will start sometime this year. Well, they left it on a cliffhanger. Yeah, uh, they the did. Old Guard, based on the 2017 Kinda. graphic novel by Greg Rucka and artist Leandro Fernandez. Story follows a group of almost immortal warriors who get outed in a contemporary time and have to face the aftermath. Uh, Rucka had adapted the first graphic novel into a script for Netflix, and Gina Prince by the Wood directed the film, which <laughs> had over uh, what? Which had over what? Seven, seventy-eight million. What's the name? It's by the Wood. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, choose for a reach on the streamer. Oh, the classics. Uh. <laughs> Rucka and Fernandez have two more old guard graphic novels in the wings, ready for adaptation. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I actually have nightmares because uh, of the 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 girlfriend, uh-huh. oh, her that, lover that got stuck, that on, got oh yeah, dropped in this ocean, oh, yeah. dying Iron over Maiden, and over and, and just, over, just blah, die, blah, die. I and I just I think oh, about she's that, gonna be insane, and I'm like, oh, that. It's, it's horrific. Just fucking awful. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I just, it, it is. It's nightmarish. So, yeah. Go Rucka. Didn't that happen to Captain Jack Harkness as well? I believe so. Yeah, but, you know, he was showing everybody his dick, so he had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He liked everyone, okay? <laughs> it's okay <laughs> if you like everyone. That's how you show your love. I'm not huge on the Doctor Who universe. I hate you. At least now. But I would really love to see the story of how Jack Harkness became the head of Bo. The the face of Bo, rather. Sorry. It was a big head. Who cares about the head of Bo? Just the face of Bo. Yeah, yeah. I want to see that part. Where did he, how did he become that? And the Doctor Who universe has disappointed me in the last few years, so I haven't been watching. I hear that. I, I, you know what? During the pandemic, I made a good start on watching Doctor Who from the Eccleston on. I, I kind of stopped at the end of Tenet once again. Yeah. Tenet was mine. Actually, now, I really... Well, yeah, Tenet's my favorite Doctor, but I, I still enjoyed the storyline with Matt Smith because mm-hmm. they kept the River Song story going, right? So right. they continued something that started with Tenet and went through him, but they ended it with Matt Smith. So then you go to the next doctor, and it's really, it was more like starting fresh. And sure. Smith's There's no continuing characters, no continuing storyline. Let's just do something new. And, and, my, and my whole point of that was trying to get to the Peter Capaldi Doctor Who, because one, I love Peter Capaldi, and I wanted to see his, yeah. his bitter old man take on the character, and I just never got there. I really wanted to like the new one, Jodie Whittaker, is that mm-hmm. right? And I really it's wanted the writing. to. The it was writing the writing. It's just, ugh. She's just wasted in that. That's a shame. Yeah. So isn't Davies coming back? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready to give it a shot again. Yeah, he was just like Barry Manilow. Russell T. Davies is the one who who what? brought it back with Eccleston and Tennant. So yeah. hopefully he can refresh it. Yeah. What's your Manilow? Write to us comments at geekshockpodcast.com. And I want to thank our 
Footlong Chili Dog members. Footlong Chili Dog! <laughs> Pack it in. Footlong Chili Dog! John B., Mike M., Mama Ninja Scoop, Heidi Johnson, David Highbrier, Two is One, and of course our Tier 4 members, King Vault, Deb T., David Farrar, and Tier 5 members, Leon Mitt, Jeff Harris, Jake Godbold, Ozzy Matt, Mad Martin, and Glumley, and our one-off Kofi donators this week, King Vault and Steve B. We really appreciate it. And if you find our free show a little too socialist for you, want to stuff us with a little capitalism, then go to <laughs> Kofi.com slash GeekShock and support us. And until next week, I'm Master Torgo. Commander K. Larg. And Deb. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Did you know that Barry Manilow is actually in town again at the Westgate? AKA yeah, I knew he was back. The Hilton? Yeah. Barry, you've got tickets, right? I know he's one of your favorites. You're not fooling anyone. Yeah, clearly. How old is he now? He's got to be in like his 80s. He doesn't age. Barry, he, no, he's, he looks 80, but he's not. <laughs> he acts 80. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> hey. Why don't you get the fuck off my lawn? <laughs> Why don't you get a lawn? <laughs> can't we it's, all it's get along? <laughs> oh, we God. live in Vegas. We can't have lawns. We no. got rocks. We get okay. astroturf. Ugh. Yeah, well, that looks a- like grass. You get asshole. Hey, turf. speaking of old man stuff, guess what we're getting in our house? A bocce. Bocce. We're getting a like a oh. bocce court. It's kind of old manish. It is. Right. It's old I'm Italian. Gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna shuffle around with a little beanie hat and I drink my limoncello. Like an old Italian guy. It's going to be great. Wow. Limoncello. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's good. It's actually, good, if you actually. get a good one. <laughs> That's true. You do have Gotta to have get a good, good one. one. But what made a nice combination this week, uh, Jeff gave me some of that uh, fever tree. Fever tree uh, grapefruit. Yeah. Sparkling grapefruit. Yeah. We got it on top of the fridge over there. It's very nice. But I took that and a little limoncello together, and it made just something gorgeous. Ooh, wow. Because we've been really doing gorgeous. that with vodka with a splash of lime, and ah. it's, it's a nice, refreshing cocktail with limoncello. It works beautifully. I don't normally mix limoncello with anything. That's just a nice little sipping. But the yeah. citrus. After the citrus. Yeesh. I can see it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I also, I, I, I suppose for time reasons we didn't get there, but I'm going to say rest in peace, William Hurt. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I, I actually rewatched broadcast news for the oh. first time in decades and i'd forgotten how absolutely brilliant that motherfucking movie was that script was amazing he was amazing holly hunter was positively radiant well, it's holly hunter and uh albert brooks was wonderfully obnoxiously nebbish it was and the the you script, got people asking now what's nebbish mean that's right Look i don't even up. know what it means yeah it's kind of kind of nerdy kind of nerdy but not the not the good nerdy. Ah. Oh. But anyway, I I just I watched that and just forgot how amazing it was. I uh, Steve brought Altered States into town. Oh wow! A couple of months oh, ago, boy. we watched that. That was, was just like that was his debut, right? That was yeah. yeah I just yeah. read that. I was just woohoo! So and of course the classic Lost in Space. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Never got into but, that. Yeah, well, it was one movie. Yeah, the classic, yeah. the original. No, no, the 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 movie he did with Joey and 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 Lacey Chabert. I love how oh. I knew exactly who you're talking about when you said Joey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something along those lines. <laughs> that I want to ask. What is your favorite video game, but in how formative, uh, formative it was going forward? 
Everything that could go wrong could go wrong. Fucking uh, <laughs> worthless. At 103, <laughs> oh, 02. Oh Is this just thrown in like bunch the of after? Bunch of bullshit. Kirsten tried to get up, Kirsten but it took him like stuff. two minutes. And I saw everything. him getting up with the headphones on his head. I'm like, just stop with your, your dumb shit. Then he almost, yeah. All his right. shorts caught on the chair. Breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, whoop, whoop, what's going on? <laughs> 